This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, July 2nd, 2022. Happy 4th of July weekend, folks. Uh, it was just on Friday, it was Canada Day. So happy Canada Day to all of you Canadians listening. And uh, happy 4th of July to all of the red-blooded Americans in the audience. Um, I think Canada Day is actually their Independence Day. I'm not sure because, you know, I'm not Canadian. I've never been Canadian. No insult to Canada. I've never aspired to be Canadian. Uh, but, you know, I am American and I've aspired to the 4th of July. I've, I've aspired to be a great American, so I love the 4th of July. Um, USA, I'm baby. Really my family is doing something on the 4th, so that's a Monday holiday. So happy 4th of July, folks. Happy Independence Day. Showed those British what's what. So are, are you having anything great, grand, and glorious planned for the 4th? Oh, yeah, we're doing the uh, full-on barbecue. Going to hang out on the deck, enjoying the summer sun, and uh, some grilled foods. Uh, the neighborhood uh, loves to set off fireworks, so that'll be some evening entertainment. The neighborhood should be lit up. And, uh, and that's about it. It's about typical for July 4th Fair, in my experience. But I hope everybody else gets to have a good time, too. I'm just, uh, my family traditionally does like a family get together. So I'm going to have to call some people to see, uh, to see what we might be doing on the fourth and then, um, you know, get together with my family because that's always a fun time. Always a great time. It's, I mean, it's not like we need an excuse to have another family summer barbecue, but, uh, birth of our nation's good start. Uh, good news. I know. I know we don't we don't get into uh, politics that much, uh, or at all as rule. But uh, the only news I'm I've been paying attention to this year. Uh, this is also the season where they publish uh, Supreme Court decisions, and uh, and I'm not going to go into detail on them. But I was very surprised to find out that, uh, despite the fact that the USA is in a lot of trouble in the past uh, few years, or few uh, past decade. Uh, the Supreme Court's kind of working as intended. That's uh, that was a surprise to me, a, a pleasant surprise. I, I, for me, um, good cause to celebrate the July Fourth. And that's all no, I'll say about that. No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because it's a strictly political co comment that was just irony. And if I start it, I'm going to go down the dark side path. I do this on Twitter. I don't do this on the air. That's right, dark side. Uh, can, can I get your opinion on uh, one thing, really quick? The Constitution ain't dead yet, so that that's what that's the one thing that I'm sort of uh, pleasantly surprised about. I'm very happy about that. The Constitution still matters. There um, we go. For the for the time being, and I'm happy for that. Yep. Uh, so go USA. This, I will say this is hilarious. No, I'm not going to say that's hilarious. That's the second this is hilarious comment. This is all kinds of ironies happening. 
because of decisions that were handed down this week. And they're just, just amazing, amazingly funny things. Just like the Supreme Court said, no, we rule that the Supreme Court isn't supposed to rule on this. States have to make laws on this. And then all the other people who were angry at the decision said, oh, yeah, well, our state's going to make a law on this. And the Supreme yes. Court says, yes, that's what we said. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was, in fact, the point. I'm just like, are you not listening to yourselves? <laughs> people who sing there's a power takeover and the Supreme Court took power and gave it to Congress. And I'm like, a power takeover? This is the kind of power takeover where you don't get any power? I mean, if that's a power takeover, I took over the planet when I was born. Oh. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That's all right. You get one. Everybody gets one. It's the season. Okay. So any anything in geekish news you want to talk about? Yes, yes, yes. This is amazing, but I'm only going to use this because this isn't, you know, it's just springboard to what I really wanted to talk about. Um, they have discovered a game-ending crasher in the... Knights of the Old Republic 2 port to Nintendo's Switch. Mm. So near the end of the game, there is a cutscene, and the game crashes immediately after that cutscene. And oh. if this happens to you, you can't ever move past that cutscene. You, you wow. can't complete the game. And the official workaround for right now is to go into the party select screen, click on the thumbstick to get the cheat menu, and skip past that cutscene to get to the next planet. But don't go into the merchant area in the next planet because the game will continue to crash. And I'm just oh passing boy. that along. That, that's also not what I'm commenting on. I mean, it's kind of convoluted, but it's uh, that's just you know what it was. That was the workaround. And they came out with a hot fix on the 30th. So if you have the game or you want to buy the game, apparently there's been a bug fix, a hot fix that fixed that crasher and a couple of other bad crashes that went live on the 30th, uh, which was Thursday. So it's been several days now. But what I wanted to comment on was the raft of reviews. Not because they gave the game a good score, despite this crasher, but because the vast majority of reviewers, excepting literally two or three, and know this because I read the uh, 
uh, I read the news article on Bleeding Fool. <gasps> no, it wasn't Bleeding Fool. It was Bounding into Comics. Um, I read the news article, and they went through a whole bunch of reviewers, and literally three of them mentioned this book. And none of the other reviewers mentioned this book. In fact, everybody else said nothing about crashing or mentioned they had just a few crashes playing the game. Now, what does that tell you? They either didn't play the game long enough to get to this crash or if they got to this crash, they didn't try it again and again to see if they could get past it. Well, So this is the state of reviewers nowadays. It's like they play a third of the game and thought, hey, eh, it looks okay to me. KOTOR was a good game. We'll just give it 9 out of 10. <laughs> 9 out of 10 and what the hell. And it hurts my brain. This was actually the very first thing that I thought of when I was reading the article. Is not, oh, that's a terrible crash. Because it is a terrible crash. That's obvious. That's like the obvious thing. That's in the headline. But just realizing that all these idiots didn't do their job. Irritates the hell out of me. Didn't they? Didn't they irritate I mean, the hell they, out of me? Didn't they, did, uh, didn't they? They they wrote their thing. They gave it a score. <laughs> Presumably, one or two of them got a tiny paycheck for it. I bet they did their job. <laughs> they certainly didn't serve their readers. No. So, yeah, that's. Awful, awful, awful behavior. I mean, you know, even Yahtzee Croshaw, when he doesn't finish a game, says in the review he didn't finish the game and describes why. So that you that know... Would have been, that, that would have been a good tactic. Hey, I didn't finish this game because of a game-ending crash. This is a terrible port of a great game. Don't play it. Zero yeah. out of ten. Right? That would have been a great, honest review. Or don't play it until a bug fix comes out for this crasher because you can't get past it. Or just know if you're going to buy it and play it, you can't get past this bug. Wait for the fix to finish the game. Whatever. Something to indicate they had actually done their job. So that was that was the news that irritated me yesterday. And I've been in an irritable mood this week, so. <laughs> uh. Never mess with an irritable pig. Um, <clears throat> let's think. I'm really trying to think if there's anything else notable. Um, nope. Big surprise this week on the Game of Thrones front. Um, they're still going forward with Game of Thrones TV shows at HBO. That doesn't make any sense, isn't it over? Uh, it's never they're over, like spin-offs and 
prequels and who knows what. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, there was. Uh, Miss Marvel uh, is the lowest rated MCU TV series on Disney Plus ever. And so I just wanted to thank every single person who didn't watch that show for contributing to this landmark achievement. I'm really, you are the real MVPs here, folks. You have made it absolutely a landmark event, the least watch MCU show. And I want to remind you what kind of competition that was up against. That was up against Moon Knight. That was up against Hawkeye. That was up against the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, and also WandaVision, which is actually okay. And Loki, which is actually, you know, pretty decent. But Moon Knight, it beat Moon Knight talking. So you have accomplished something. And I want to thank everybody who didn't watch the show. You are amazing, each and every one of you. And you have done something incredible and great for the future of streaming television. So give yourselves a round of applause. In fact, I will give you a round of applause. You're so gracious. On behalf of everyone who didn't watch any of that crap, I gladly accept your award and applause. Um, we did it, I everyone. Know I, I know I said I was curious about it and I might end up watching it, but I haven't yet, so I have contributed myself. Oh, good. And maybe now that it's gone down in flames already and, and achieved that accomplishment, I can watch it and, uh, you know, now it won't matter. <laughs> you haven't seen those other ones, have you? Moon Knight and whatever? I haven't seen Moon Knight. I haven't seen... Uh, I haven't seen Hawkeye. I did watch uh, WandaVision. I did watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I want to think there was something before that, but I can't remember. So, you know, there was Loki. I, I, I got, I got, uh, you know, dragged into watching Loki, and it was actually pretty good. Oh, Loki! Yeah, I watched Loki. It was pretty good. Um, of course, all the Netflix Marvel series, you know, Daredevil and uh, all the others that showed up in Daredevil use the Defenders, um, Punisher. Pun, uh, Punisher, Iron Fist, uh, Jessica Jones, all those have now shown up on Disney Plus. So, um, you know, you could watch them if uh, if you had a Disney Plus subscription, or you could not. And if you've already seen them, they're still just as good. And those were, on the whole, far far better than anything that has shown up on Disney Plus. Um. And, and I will still say that Daredevil was was really good, a little bloated in a lot of places because they were trying to make it into like a 10-hour movie or however many episodes they had. So they really had it bloated in places, but it was still really good, and the fight scenes were, were quite excellent. Um, 
just amazing in, at some points. Um, the Defender series was abysmal, unfortunately. Six episodes of, of not really greatness, and that was sad. Iron Fist was terrible. It had some good things in it, but on the whole, it was terrible. Because the main character was terrible, and the guy that cast in the role was awful. Just awful. I'm like, terrible. Iron Fist, why couldn't you have made into somebody cool? I still keep thinking that I should go watch like Black Widow and Shang-Chi and the Eternals. No. No. Let me stop you right there. (laughs) Just stop. Doing this to yourself, Daddy Warpig. I'm speaking to you as a friend. I watched all of Star Trek Discovery and Picard, and I still haven't watched those MCU movies. That's how much they have not appealed to me (laughs) even as a reviewer um i'm watching the boys currently and i'm i'm starting to question my sanity at this point because i could not recommend these films just for the content just for the content i could not recommend these films i'm a Embarrassed saying I'm watching them, even to review them. I mean, I I know film reviewers who had to watch, like, American Beauty. Was that the movie? Oh, that awful Oscar bait with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about having to watch it now. I mean, watching any movie with Kevin Spacey now is just like, ah. It almost ruins Baby Driver, and I love Baby Driver. (laughs) Baby Driver is a good movie. Uh, but, yeah, there are like some people who had to watch American Beauty, and you kind of felt bad having to admit that you watched American Beauty to review it. But this is just like a whole other thing. It's just, I don't even want to describe what's in it, because they're advertising the awful and abysmal things that are in it. It's like they're bragging about it online, and it's, I think we're seven episodes in or nine episodes in now, and I'm just going to finish the the season so I can review it. But I could not honestly recommend this to anyone right now. or or And I don't see anything changing at the end of it. I could dissect this in terms of, you know, was the story interesting? Did they do anything good with it? But let me tell you, what the season is so far. And it's going to be a little bit of a spoiler, but you know, eh. spoiler. Actually, you lost, you lost me. What are we talking about now? The boys season, the boys. Okay. That superhero show. Yes, I know. Uh, You know how Homelander as a character is basically what if Superman was evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, They introduce a new character this season called soldier boy. And he is, what if Captain America was evil? Okay. Exciting. Yep. It's just as compelling as, as, as you imagine it to be. It, it's, 
I don't know. I thought that the Garth Ennis series, what I heard about it and what I saw of it, because I haven't read the series, was nasty. Um, I just don't want to even mention it. Like, just talking about the comic series, what I know of it is is just repulsive. Um, and I don't know for a fact that the series, the TV series, is worse than the comics. But what they've put on in the last two episodes of the TV series is worse than the little bit I know of the comics, if you see what I'm saying. Mm. And that was bad enough to make me not ever want to read the comics ever again. It's not as grindingly painful as, like, Lower Decks or whatever. It's not so immediately eye-bleedingly bad, painful. Because the guy playing Homelander is doing an insanely phenomenal job with the role, but that does not excuse the rest of the show, and it does not make it a good show, and it does not make it something worth watching. That's just, you know, a great actor doing great with a role. The rest of the show is, and I guess I'm meaning morally, the rest of the show is a moral trash pit. It's not the worst thing I've ever watched. It doesn't make me feel like my soul needs to take a shower after watching it. And I have had things that have done that, rarely. Gamer, the movie Gamer, makes my soul feel like I had to take a shower after watching it. Not because the movie is... uh unrealistic or whatever, but because the movie is perfectly realistic, that if you had technology allowed to control somebody else's movements vicariously to feel what they feel, to be in their body and get to do with their body what you wanted, that everything they showed in the movie is absolutely where society would go with that or where society could go with that being corrupted by that technology and it is just so repulsive morally it, it makes you feel dirty inside watching um i regret watching the movie and i'd never watch it again it is um it is just a, a complete mental bath in the worst aspects of humanity um and I, uh, so The Boys season three is not that bad, but in fact, it's kind of like Gamer presented, hey, if this technology existed, human beings could become this corrupted. Whereas The Boys is, here are the writers of the show and they are quite clearly doing really, really nasty things just because they're trying to, you know, put their thumb in the audience's eye. So there's a couple of episodes left. I'm going to stick with it to the end of the ep uh, end of the season just to finish, you know, reviewing this season because that is just the last two episodes but man the last two episodes have been 
they're just putting more and more grotesque and dirty things into it just to stick their thumb in the audience's eye. And it's, it's just repulsive. Hey, I've, uh, to uh, abruptly change the subject, I do have some other geek news uh, okay. for people listening in. Uh, catching up on our pulp rev and pulp friendly uh, authors, uh, Tales of Meerkat and a Mongoose, Volume 2, uh, Kursova's <clears throat> latest Kickstarter. They completed, they got over $5,000. Yes. So uh, I hope Jim Brayful goes really pleased. So those are going to be going out. Um, and they're getting ready to start up a new one. They've got a new book from Misha Burnett coming up next. Uh, lots of great stuff happening. Um, I don't know if we, I don't know if we talked about this. It's been uh, about a month, but uh, you know, Brian Niemeyer's Kickstarter completed for Combat Frame Exceed, smashing success. Uh, looking forward to the perks on that later. Uh, people have been getting their stuff from Pylum Press. Uh, Thune's Vision, oh. Shagduk, and uh, Well. I got a copy of Wells of Ur. That's an older one, but uh, really cool stuff. I I got both of those. Uh, <clears throat> I wasn't talking because I physically got up from my chair to grab my copy of Shagduk. Uh, I got the hardback. Uh, it's a fabulous book. I'm so excited. Um, I want to read it, and if I wasn't so busy, I would. I worked 12 hours the other day. Did I say that last week? Wow. I worked 12 hours the other day. I was busy. I can't keep doing that because I'll burn myself out, and I won't be able to do anything. But, yeah, just happened I had to work 12 hours on, on projects. <laughs> well, on the same project. It was different aspects of it, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Daniel Humphrey's Paxton Lock reboot succeeded in its uh, funding goals. And that was unfortunate. We had him in talks to come on the show. We just had other guests line up uh, uh, to where he couldn't come on during his actual Kickstarter. Uh, oh. And I really did feel bad about that. But uh, we had guests who had asked to come on first and then... Uh, I told him, look, if we have a guest fall through, that slot's yours. Any of those guests fall through, do your Kickstarter, that slot's yours, but none of them did. Um, hmm. Surprising. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but we're happy that his uh, project funded, so uh, that's great. Good news. So, hey, want to tell I, us uh, about a movie that you recently watched? I got in on. Uh, um, I got in on uh, the mongoose and meerkat two because I have mongoose and meerkat one, um, and then I had to go in and quote unquote adjust my payment something or other because apparently Kickstarter didn't like it. So, but it's handy. They now take Apple Pay apparently. <laughs> nice. So I was on my phone. I'm like. They were like, oh, no, you need to add a new form of payment. And I was like, I, I could hunt down my wallet and find a card. Oh, wait, what's this Apple Pay button? Ding. And I, you know, stick my face in front of my phone and it's ding. 
payment went through. I'm like, oh, modern conveniences. <laughs> Got to make it easy to give them money. Yes, that's my mom. Uh, you're not on Twitter, so you didn't see the the short thread I did, but that was my my motto. Make it easier to give people money. And I think I mentioned this on the show, but I'm going to mention it again anyway. If you're doing a Kickstarter, always make sure your Kickstarter ends like a few days after the first of the month. So like on the third or fourth, because people get money on the first through the third of the month. And the biggest days for Kickstarters are right at the beginning or right at the end. So if right at the end comes right after people get paid, they get money right before the big push and they can pay. If you end the Kickstarter on the 30th or the 31st, that's when people have the least amount of money. They can't get splurgy and be like, oh, yeah, that's exciting. I should buy that because they don't have money, right? So time your Kickstarters or Indiegogos or whatever to end when people have money just coming in. They've got their full paycheck. And they're feeling a little spendy because everybody who gets a full paycheck feels a little spendy. They feel like they can splurge a little bit. And if your Kickstarter's for some for a book, because you're an author, usually you're talking for a physical book, like $25 to $30 with shipping and handling, right? Uh, or if it's an ebook, you're talking $7. Um and that's a small enough amount that people who are feeling spendy are going to be willing to spend on it. And if it comes in right then, bam. And the other good thing is, if it's ending on the third or fourth, and it's been a 30 a month-long Kickstarter, that means it's starting on the third or fourth a month earlier. And the biggest time for a Kickstarter is right when it's starting. And if you schedule it to start on the third or fourth, and this may sound a little repetitive, people are feeling spendy. Now, this is only between you and me. Between you and me, my pulp rev, my writer buds. We don't want this getting out to everybody because everybody will do it. Let them do the dumb thing. You go in targeting. Maximize the amount of money you make by just scheduling it right, getting people when they're feeling spendy, and it'll boost your initial numbers. It'll boost your final numbers. And I know this. I only thought of this. Because there have been Kickstarters that, uh, that I haven't been able to buy into that I wanted to buy into because they were ending on the last day of the month and I didn't have money. Um, the recent Kickstarter for uh, 
Nick Cole and Jason Onspock's role-playing game for Forgotten Ruin. They have a role-playing game for their, you know, army rangers in uh, D&D world. I wanted to get in on that. I wanted to get a copy of that role-playing game, but I couldn't. No money. If they had delayed it by four days, I would have bought in. They would have had another contributor. Made more money. So this is not a blue sky thing I just came up with meditating on Kickstarters. This is something that happened to me that I've noticed as a purchaser, as a participant in Kickstarters and Indiegogo's, that I wish people did so that I could get in on more of them. So, uh, yeah, just as far as making it easier for people to give you more money, use Backerkit or another site. Backerkit allows people to increase their pledge after the campaign is over so that they can give you more money. And it also allows you to add another, like, up to 30 days onto your campaign so more people can come in and buy into your campaign, Kickstarter campaign, even after it's over, so you get another 30 days of people spending money. Always make it easier for people to spend money, to give you money. So uh, just some, again, this is not some blue sky thing or me listening to other sellers or whatever, literally a campaign did that. And uh, I got suckered into raising my pledge. Uh, and uh, I did it like, you know, you can do it up to 25, 30 days after. So they got more money from me because the window was open longer and because um I could increase my pledge and get more than I, I actually planned on. And and that might that sounds manipulative because it is, but uh, the difference between what you're pledging for uh, when you pledge for something that Cursova produces or uh, Pylon Press prints or, or something like that, like the people we talked to on the show, you know you're getting quality entertainment out of them. So I don't feel bad when I get suckered in, and this is just a wild example out of the hat, when I, I choose to get the linen hardcover add-on of, you know, Mongoose and Meerkat Volume 1, right? Like, who does that? I, I didn't need that, but I know I'm getting some quality entertainment out of it. So don't feel bad. Sell your product. Um, these are these are techniques. Techniques, techniques they have no moral dimension. Yeah, just always make it easier for people to give you money. That That's the base advice. And these are some things that I have found as a, you know, as a regular person who doesn't have all that much money. And, and I think most of us are feeling that because of inflation and stuff. Um, these are literally places I would wanted to have given money to, but I couldn't. They made it a little harder for me to give them money, and I, I literally couldn't. Um, and another place that made it easier for me to give them money and ended up doing it. So 
I am passing my experiences on to you. Uh, let's see. There was some news that popped up in the feed, too. Uh, Common America plus Soul Finder plus Black Hops is crushing it in both Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Video Mirador. Uh, Overmind by John Del Rose has reached $20,000. Um, so good news out there, too. Um, I am sure there are other... I'm sure there is other Kickstarters coming or running right now that I just forget. And I apologize to everyone. Oh, they had that uh, annual sale. Um, oh, and I can't even remember the name of Oh, Hans Schantz. Yeah. Uh, apparently that one really good this year. They had... Uh, an increase in numbers over last year, uh, and Bayon Books has offered to join in for next year. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it was a good year on that sale and a good year for next year. I dipped in and bought uh, too many of those books. Um, I don't mean too many for my budget, not because they're not good books. <laughs> Um, let's think, uh, that's everything I can think of right now. Good um, enough. I'm going to have to put a timestamp in the show notes. So people checking this out on YouTube later know when to tune in for the Willie's Wonderland review. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, oh, wow. We're pretty far along on the show. That's fine though. All those things were good things to have gotten have gotten into and discussed though we really absolutely um did i mention discovery of witches i'm watching that uh because my aim i have canceled my amc plus you mentioned that yeah that's okay. the only thing worth watching uh, oh no i mentioned that to you before the show did i mention it on the air i don't know okay it all blurs together <laughs> so just as far as upcoming reviews go, I'm doing The Boys Season 3. We're watching um, the second part of the last season of Stranger Things just dropped on Friday. Uh, so we're going to try and watch all of that. Um, I'm watching a show called A Discovery of Witches on uh, AMC+. Plus. It's based off of the Urban Fantasy Trilogy. It stars Teresa Palmer, which I admit is like 35% of why I wanted to watch the show. Um, she's the hot blonde chick off of the Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, movie with Nick Cage that came out uh, in 2013. No idea what I'm talking about, do you? Nope. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can bring it up on IMDb and find out. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are the three things we're watching. I canceled my AMC plus description because that is literally the only show on the service that I really want to watch. Everything else is just like 
the latest episode of The Walking Dead, but they don't show anything else because they're busy selling it to other people. So I've got five more days to watch like 10 episodes of the show. And then I'm doing a review of it just because I just, I, I, I spend too much money on streaming services and I'm starting to cancel all of them that don't absolutely justify their existence. Um, Amazon prime I get for free with my prime shipping. So that one's, I'm not spending any money. That one just stays, but everything else I'm, I'm forcing to justify its existence before I cancel it. Uh, so we'll have to see what stays and what goes. Hey, unpopular opinion. Uh, none of it's justified. You should cancel it all throughout your TV. Uh, that said, uh, yeah, we did binge stranger things. Looking forward to talking about that next week. I use my TV to play video games on. Oh, I see. That's right. It does have that purpose. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been playing the uh, Shadowrun. You may not remember this, guys, but in 2013, they did a Shadowrun Returns Kickstarter, uh, Hairbrain Schemes, which is headed by Jordan... Wiseman, who uh, was the lead designer of the original Shadowrun role-playing game, licensed the rights to Shadowrun, the IP, from Microsoft, who had ended up buying everything FASA and got the rights to Battletech and Shadowrun. And they made a little game called Shadowrun Return based off this Kickstarter. Then they did a Kickstarter for Shadowrun Hong Kong and then also uh, Shadowrun uh, Dragonfall. And I think Dragonfall may have come first, then Shadowrun Hong Kong. Um, and so they had a trilogy of games that were very popular, successful on Kickstarter. And I actually got in on the Kickstarter for one of those or two of those three, the second two, couldn't afford Shadowrun Returns at the time. Um, but uh, since then, it, they have stopped being playable on the Mac because the Mac has uh, switched processors and uh, twice, I think. <laughs> they switched to PC chips to intel chips and now they've switched to uh apple silicon um and so they have uh had a company called paragon interactive port them to the ps5 and the uh xbox one and xbox series x um and those just came out a couple weeks ago uh, or a week ago. So me being me, I pre-ordered them. And now a few days after they came out or the same day that they came out, but not before, um, they released them on the Xbox's ultimate game pass. So I could have played them for free. Womp, womp, womp. 
On the end, I actually had a lot of fun because it's been years and years and years since I've played them. Uh, and I'm busy running around Seattle right now uh, trying to find the killer of a friend of mine. And it's, it's, it's a fun little game. They're not huge, you know, AAA uh, first-person shooter role-playing games. They are top-down 3D isometric uh, games. I don't think they were made with RPG Maker, but if you've ever seen an RPG Maker game, they're those kinds of games. The ones that frequently get kickstarted, like uh, the new Monera game um, from Monty Cook Games. Um, what is it? Pillars of Eternity. Uh, a lot of those other smaller role-playing games that have come out uh, in the last 10 years have all been 3D isometric because they're a good way to do uh, they're a good way to do smaller role-playing games if you don't have the budget of uh, if you don't have the budget of a AAA gamer. Oh, by the way, this is really true. I thought this was a joke. Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard. Oh, yeah. News a long time ago. It was true. That wasn't a rumor. Didn't we talk about it on the show? I'm thinking we talked about it on the show, but I might have forgotten about it. Crazy, right? I have a very big, I mean, busy life, and I forget about things that aren't really important yet. Well, I mean, after what's happened to uh, Blizzard, Microsoft couldn't possibly make it worse. Did you hear what happened to Blizzard? <laughs> <laughs> no. Everybody's all agog. They're like, oh my gosh. Blizzard made $24 million on Diablo Immortal in its first two weeks. People will never stop making these grab gotcha games first. It's, it's piker money. That's loser money in the uh, mobile addiction whale market. Those games, the top tier games, make $100 million a week. A week. Those gotcha games? Wow. Well, yeah, the, the, you know, the pay to win mobile games like Diablo Immortal. Mm hmm. The top tier ones, like the top three or four or five of them, they make a hundred million dollars a week. Wow. And Blizzard is pull, pulling down 12 million a week. So on the scale of the market they wanted to enter, they're a failure. That's not big money. That's loser money. That's barely scraping the bottom of the barrel money. That's, oh, you did all right. Polite golf clap money. And the reason why, and this is where it's hilarious, the person running their social media account on the Chinese site uh, called, and I'm not making this up, Weeaboo, <laughs> that's not actually how it's pronounced it's spelled w-e-i-b-o-o -O. so i'm pronouncing it weeaboo that's the chinese 
you know, social media site there, big social media site there, like Twitter or Facebook equivalent. The person running their official account said, when does the bear retire or why doesn't the bear retire? Now, the bear oh, is referring to Winnie the Pooh. Yep, that's what I thought. <laughs> and Winnie the Pooh is a reference to the chairman of the Communist Party of China, the head of the whole dictatorship of the country. So the official Blizzard account for all of China posted on the biggest social media account in China, hey, why doesn't this dictator just get the hell out of here? <laughs> so the game, and all these, these games that are making $100 million a week, they make all their money in China. They don't make their money in the U.S. or Europe. They make most of that money in China. That $12 million a week, that's U.S. money. That's where you go to make that money. It's okay money. You know, it's loser money. You make the rest of that $100 million in China. That's China money, right? The other, like, $88 million, that's China money. That's where you go to get that money. That's why a Chinese company bought into Blizzard to get Blizzard's IP to use in China. And now they've been banned for the next three years. Three years in China. Which may as well be forever. Because with a mobile game like that, three years is well past its sell-by date. That's well past... oh. You're an also ran. You're yesterday's news. You're not just yesterday's news. You're like last year's news and last decade's news. You might as well have come out in the 1920s, okay? You are so ancient by that point. Nobody's going to buy you anyway. So Blizzard screwed over its core audience. They got the biggest joke ever in BlizzCon, you know, by that cool little bald guy with the satchel. Is this an April Fool's joke? They got dragged all across of media in the hopes of scoring Chinese money. And because of one comment by one staffer on one website, in communist China, they've gotten banned and they will never make Chinese money off this, this thoroughly immoral addiction whale machine game. This game is, is such an It is designed to use every single addiction mechanic casinos have been perfecting for decades to the nth degree. 
Uh, and it is absolutely insane. They've got a site now that has a simulator on it to find out how much money you would have to spend to max out all four pieces of gear on your body, on, on your, you know, yourself. Um, and people are finding you just go there and push the button and it will take you through simulating it. People are finding that that figure of 100,000 or something is really not off. It's not off. That's really a, a legitimately good uh, estimate. So, yeah. Blizzard sold its soul, destroyed its reputation to make Chinese money, and now they're having to settle for, you know, Peanuts on the dollar. <laughs> so, couldn't have to do a better company. Good job, Blizzard. <laughs> hey, remember the Blizzard of uh, 20 years ago that was all about high-quality uh, polished products? Yeah. Yep. Rest in pe pieces. I still haven't bought the Warcraft 3 because I heard they lied about what was in it and then they went back and screwed up the real warcraft 3 just out of spite apparently uh it also made me not want to buy the uh you know update or remake or whatever they did of, of warcraft uh, or of uh, diablo 2 because it's like i mean sure i could have a diablo 2 that runs on my xbox or runs on my computer now but why do I want to remember, have all my memories of Diablo 2 in a game that's just absolute total trash? You know, the last good game Blizzard made was, I think, StarCraft 2. Yeah, if there's any... that's fair. Okay. And I'm playing StarCraft II right now, and I'm really enjoying it, really loving the game. Uh, it, it was actually a really well-designed game. And I, again, I, I didn't have enough money to buy it when it was brand new, so I had to buy it, you know, two or three years ago when it was uh, on sale cheap. But, um, yeah, it was a fabulous game. And I also bought the... Uh, um, Starcraft ghost character. What's her name? Uh, um, Nova. Nova. They had a, an extended mini campaign with her. Uh, bought that as DLC. Played that. That was great. Had so much fun with that too. You know, Starcraft Two was a is a for a swan song for the real Blizzard. At least they went out with. Uh, a bang. At least they went out with an amazing game with a lot of cool mechanics. I mean, as Terrans, you get those research points uh, where you get to add cool stuff. But the biggest gap I found with Terrans, the biggest annoying thing is all of a sudden when you finally get enough crystals and gas to build units, you run up against immediately supply problems and you have to start building the supply depots and it takes forever. 
Then you search up protons and you get supply depots that drop from the sky. And it's instant. As soon as you start building it, they almost instantly drop. And that's just the best thing because that removes the most critical gap once you've got your production line of, of crystals and gas and uh, set up. So, yeah, the research is, is done well with the Terrans. You get to choose which two of the researcher, you know, things are going on. Kerrigan hunting up her uh, little evolution points to get extra special abilities. That's all great. You know, they added new stuff to the Protoss, new units for Terrans and, and Seriously, and that's all cool. The campaigns are amazing. They're just wonderful. The new units do nice things. You know, having the transport units also heal up. Mechanical units for the Terrans is cool. Um, changing SCVs to organic units so they can be healed by medics instead of being repaired. That's neat. You know, it's just it's just such a well game. It's a great sequel to StarCraft. And I love it. I love playing it. Um, and if that was the swan song for Blizzard, obviously I would have preferred Blizzard to go on in its glory. But uh, if this had to be the last good game out of Blizzard, they did a great job. All good things. Let's talk about. What are we talking about now? Willie's Wonderland. Last <laughs> minutes of the show. I'm gonna have to change the show title and everything, but uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this this is a this is what a movie from 2021. Yes, that we threatened to review like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I remember the trailer hit, and uh, it was really exciting, and it just fell off my radar. I don't know about you. Uh, but I've we sat down and watched watch it. it. We just, watched it earlier this year, and, and, and you just watched it. Yeah. I keep on wanting to watch things and keep on not getting around to them because uh, – uh, how many times have I said this this episode? My schedule is jammed. <laughs> Well, and it's it's not it's not only that. Maybe for you, but just the change in the way we consume entertainment these days, uh, with the streaming services and with twenty twenty turning the world mad and and everything, it's it's easy to miss stuff because that stuff's just not that important anymore. But but tell me about it. What did you think? I am not going to blame the screenwriters. If they did get inspiration from Five Nights at Freddy's, that's fine. I'm not going to blame them. Maybe they came up with this, this entirely on their own. That's fine too. But like, this really is Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie. If Five Nights at Freddy's was a kick-ass video game instead of startle bait for easily excited Twitch streamers, okay? It's like Five Nights at Freddy's made cool. I, I have no idea what you're talking about other than I've heard the name a million times. 
Five Nights at Freddy's is that that's a video game, I take it. It's a series of video games, yes. Oh, okay. Um but the but the setup is is that the main character's trapped overnight in a um a Chuck E. Cheese style restaurant entertainment place that's basically where the animatronics are possessed. Yes. And uh, they kill everybody. Yes. Um, and there are way more similarities too, but um, yeah. I, I really, really, really like this movie. I thought this movie was great. Uh, good Nick Cage is awesome. And I'm a big Nick Cage fan. Uh, and this was some great Nick Cage. Uh-huh. This is this is only Nick Cage could have played this role. Uh, uh, and it is it is amazing to see him Nick Caging it up all across the movie. It's just awesome. It, it, here's the thing. If you ever heard the premise of the movie, Nick Cage trapped inside what you just said, right? Trapped inside a Chuck E. Cheese-like place where the animatronics come alive and murder people. Just that description sets some expectations for you. And this movie matches all those expectations and exceeds them. It absolutely fulfilled everything I could have wanted from that description. Uh, and and exceeds them. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. The only thing they were concerned about in making the movie was making it fun for the audience. Um, they include a plot and a backstory. So it's not a just-because movie. And Dude, it was just fun. Yeah. It's like you said, everything that like you would expect from that. Okay, it's got a cheesy B-horror movie setup. You've got a group of adolescents who are going to get in all sorts of trouble and make all the same mistakes they do in horror movies. Uh, it's got a weird sounds and creepy camera angles and wacky monsters that come to life and kill these poor adolescents. And this whole time, there's Nicolas Cage just doing his thing. He He's there to... He's stuck there cleaning the place. He's supposed to get it clean um, before dawn. And that's just a, a pretense, of course, for getting him murdered by the animatronics. But he just does he just does his job with grim determination, including fighting and defeating the animatronics. Uh, and he does it he, like you said, the Nick Cageism. He he does he just I, uh, you could probably describe it better than me, but like the, the grim determination on his face all the time. And uh, he's got this ritual 
where he's he's addicted to this monster like drink like he's got an energy drink uh and every half an hour right he takes a break from the work and he goes into the break room and he has a drink and it, and meanwhile these monsters are are waiting for the right time to you know jump out and and murder him or some poor teenagers or something like that and it's it's funny but it also sort of it lets you know who he is and i'm going to spoil something for anybody who hasn't seen it i hope you don't mind if i spoil this he does not have a single speaking line sorry to spoil I think, that i think he has one in the car at the very end of the movie he says, that might be true. He says his name at the very end of the movie, but the entire rest of the movie, he just he doesn't say anything. <laughs> uh, you, but yeah, you're right. Tons of fun. So they they these people took everything they know about making a horror movie like that, and their the 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 relief, right? The comic relief and the um, the tension relief isn't it's not contrived but it's also completely contrived it literally pauses all the action mid-fight for his ritual is like nope break time i'm gonna rest up <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have a completely contrived yet at the same time not contrived like you're not gonna stop him from doing his thing um hilarious and a and a ton of fun to watch. Even their little jingle, the jingle they sing, this is how good they did it. The jingle that they sing is actually a catchy jingle. It's actually a good jingle. <laughs> the song they sing for the kids, you find yourself like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, I could see my 10-year-old self being here. Getting murdered by robots. <laughs> it's just... Uh, uh, the backstory is funny and horrifying in equal measure. Um... And the lines the sheriff says at different points are just great. Oh. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly. I mean, I don't know. I get I get this feeling that some people go into movies and if they're not all like four weddings and a funeral or the King's Speech or something, they, they like sneer at the movie. If you're one of those people, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> or or like when you're in your horror movies, it's supposed to be something that, you know, paranormal activity or the, you know, the conjuring or something like that, something that you're supposed to take seriously. Actually, that's, those movies are pretty good. But like if it's, if it's not yeah. pretending to be highbrow, like, you can't you can't have a horror movie with a premise that you don't take seriously because if you don't take it seriously then you know how are you going to get scared and and the truth is you know sometimes sometimes you watch a horror movie just for the fun of it 
uh, and that's that's what this is. Yeah, it's it's not a, an all-out horror comedy like Shaun of the Dead, but at the same time, uh, there is really dark humor in this movie. That's right. There there are a few overt jokes, but it's a lot of dark humor. Um. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie. Um, just you know, it's not, it's it's not a highbrow horror movie like The Witch or uh, some of the other new. You know, it's not a thinky horror movie like uh, Get Out or um, uh, any one of those Jordan Peele movies. Um, it's uh but man, is it fun. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all I got to say about it. Man, why haven't you watched it yet? Watch it. It's a great, make some popcorn, hang out with your buds or your girlfriend, and just enjoy. One of the most satisfying horror and or comedy movies I've seen in a while. See, I've got this little rule nowadays when I look at movies is I look at the year it was made. And the further after 2010 it's made, the less I want to see it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this movie is a real big exception to that rule. Because, like, it came out in 2021, but it's an amazing movie. So there are some movies still coming out that are amazing movies. But, man, they're getting reg- they're getting rarer and rarer. <laughs> and that, that's not a joke. That's not a slam on movies. I literally, when I go planning on, like, what movies I want to see, I look at the picture, I read the description, and then I check the year. And that determines whether I want to actually watch the movie or not. That's like the third thing on my list. If I see it's from the 80s or 90s or something, then it's on my, yeah, I'll probably watch that. Or 70s and earlier. Then it, you know, 80s and 90s are my sweet spot. That's That that jumps it right up to probably going to watch this. Uh, 70s for horror movies is, you know, way high. Because 70s was a great decade for horror movies. Um but man, movies made after 2010, they just start declining in quality, especially after 2014. That's the sharp drop. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I know that already they're good movies or that they're sequels to great uh, franchises like uh, Fast and the Furious or whatever. Or Star but Wars. This, this movie <laughs> is an exception. This movie... Uh, is, is despite being made in 2021 is 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 great so yeah that, that is Absolutely. literally all i have to say about that well cool ready to call it a show yes oh that was fun it was a lot of fun to just catch up on random geek stuff uh do we have any news coming up for future episodes yeah, just those things I talked about reviewing. I think we should be able to get Stranger Things and the Discovery of Witches in for next week. I'm pretty sure The Boys isn't going to be done for several other weeks. And it's possible we might have more guests coming, although I literally have no one scheduled right now. All right, sounds good. Uh, thanks for hanging out in the chat. 
What? I really did want to go see Jurassic World Dominion, but that hasn't happened. Uh, I really do want to see, you know, everything everywhere all at once, but I'm not willing to spend 20 bucks to watch it. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Um, and there was another... Oh, yeah, I wanted to see Morbius just to review. <laughs> just to dunk on it? But I'm not willing to spend 20 bucks to watch Morbius either. Yeah, you're you're on your own on that one. <laughs> Absolutely not spending $20 to watch Morbin Time, so no. Um... So I'm, I'm, I'm actually waiting till those come out on streaming sometime before I watch those. So that's the that's the new kind of uh, timeline here. If, if I can't see it in theaters, then I'm waiting for it to come out streaming. Come out streaming. And then it has to come out on, a, on one of the services I'm not cutting this month. It's a bloodbath up in there. Oh, yeah, I'm watching uh, Star Trek Strange Worlds. Uh, which should be ending pretty soon. I think episode nine came out this week. Still haven't watched that episode, but hope to get to that. All right, I'm done. It's a done show. We're done. It's done. It is time. Um, well, thanks for hanging out and talking about all that stuff, Daddy. We're big. We even almost got politics adjacent for a moment. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show. And uh, if you're listening live or this weekend, have a great 4th of July weekend and everybody. That's it for me this week. All right. I want to thank everybody who turned in to listen live, uh, participate in the chat, uh, jump of things in the chat. Uh, apparently, Hairbrained Schemes did a great uh, PC Battletech game, uh, according to Bradford Walker, so you might want to check that out. Uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, will listen later. By the way, you can join our live chat by listening to the show just about every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on youtube.com slash geekgab. That is youtube.com slash geekgab. Or you can check us out on the Apple iTunes store on soundcloud.com or on the Google Play store just to a search for geekgab to download us on the device of your choice or listen to us on the web. We are here for you because that's how much we care. We are signing out for today, folks, but don't you worry, don't you fret, we will be back.